Chaz Smith, welcome back to The Grit for October 27th, 2017. What a day. Good to see you. Good to see you. Back in our home studio, the Surfrider Foundation in San Clemente, California, surfrider.org is their website. Should people support them, Chaz? They definitely should. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Even though I really went on a very thin limb and said that they were responsible for the burying of nuclear waste in San Clemente. Did but you write a story about that? I did, of I course. I missed that. Oh, it was, yeah, it was awesome. It was right. It was like weeks before we did our first one here. Oh. Um, yeah, but uh, I will say, so I wrote a story about basically that Surfrider was turning a blind eye to uh, the nuclear pit oh, in their own right. backyard, and we're, we're not doing enough about it. And I wrote the story, put it up on Beach Grit, uh, and got like a good four or five emails from Surfrider uh, that were the kindest, most wonderful, like, hey, totally get your perspective. Uh, let's, you know, let us show you what we're doing mm-hmm. and talk me through every point where I was wrong. Um, yeah, it was like a, it was like the model of how to engage with a nasty journalist, I guess, because they yeah. were totally right. I was wrong. I had gone off half cocked like I normally do. Uh, and then, yeah, it was it was great. It was a great exchange. Plus, then I got to do another story about, okay, you know, this is the this is the perception of Surfrider not being involved, but this is the reality. And, yeah. Could I, you imagine how them. many emails or bad things, I mean, just with social media alone, Surfrider gets totally. from little people, not little people, but people around the world and in their small community, something bad is happening and they don't know how to handle it. And so they just take to social media and go, Surfrider, why aren't you here cleaning up the oil on our beaches? 100%. I mean, that's what I did. I was exactly that person, right? It was it like from a certain perspective. And I had had some sources tell me that, you know, Surfrider was was not involved uh, in the nuclear issue. And mm-hmm. even, you know, making it so that they could bury it in the sand or something. Um, yeah, but the, they were wrong. I was wrong. But the way Surfrider handled it, if somebody, if I had been Surfrider, I would have popped off at me yeah. viciously and said, you you are a naughty man. They've been in the game a long time, so maybe they used to and they've learned from their mistakes. But it's kind of like if you're running an organization, you have a limited amount of resources. They can only be devoted. So you have to prioritize where thing. things go. And yep. then, So I think they've done a great job, though, of creating chapters around the world to be responsible for their little region and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm glad to hear your contrition in that matter is – I was contrite. Dude, you are kind of a changed man, I would say. In the time that I've known you, you've softened in ways that I am surprised by. No, I am always, I love to go to battle. Here's the thing. I love to go to battle, but I love more to be proved wrong. That's the real truth is Good. Okay. like if someone, you know, I rarely, the only hills I'll die on is the wave pool hill. And um, yeah, maybe that's it. Okay. Well, um, you and I had a conversation off the air that we can reveal later on this show, but uh, yeah, it's kind of what prompted me to think that you're you're softening up, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love to be I love to be a changed man. <laughs> um, I wanted when I take to Instagram to advertise this episode. Here's how I'm going to pitch it. All right. Yep. Today's episode is engineered with auditory sensitization systems with hollow fiber ear canal mapping designed to enhance intercochlear stimulation. Don't miss it. That's amazing. You're like, going you, to get a job straight away at Rip Curl. Thank you. I think. I appreciate that. that one. I just realized I do not try hard enough to market anything that I do. After that wetsuit conversation, it's like, these guys, it doesn't really take that much effort, but 
It takes some. It takes some yeah. that I'm not putting in, and I could easily ramp up my marketing efforts. So there you go. That's speaking my speaking of wetsuit marketing, real quick, just just very quickly, um, I really loved Rip Curl's ads during the uh, Portuguese webcast, mm-hmm. the one with Mick and whatever. It, it actually made... It was like a, a well-done campaign, I thought, because the wetsuits yeah. all looked like really essential. You know, it was like cold water stuff, but everybody looked like they were having a ton of fun in mm-hmm. their wetsuits. It was well, one of you, the few ad campaign or like, yeah. I'm on board. The one thing that's hilarious to me about that is at the end when they show I, the logo. Mixed dumb voice saying, I thought it was, Ripkel. I thought it was Mason. It's got, no, it's, oh, is, it, is it Mason being Mick? Because it's know. an Australian accent. Is it? It might be Mason mocking. If it's Mason mocking Mick, then maybe it's funnier. Yeah. But I think it's just Mick. It's just Ripkel. Well, what's funny is it's obviously not like they brought him into a studio and had him no. record a bunch of different versions of him saying Rip Curl. They just split, They took that audio out of some video that they had where he's having a conversation with somebody and he mentions Rip Curl in the conversation because you could hear it's part of a sentence or something. What was? Did you and I talk about that other creature? Was it Creatures of Leisure? No, we didn't uh, talk about it. The other one, it, wasn't, it didn't air during this contest. It must have been two contests ago. Uh, and Mick Fanning was had some. He was somehow part of it. It must have been Creatures of Leisure, but I don't. Okay. Yeah, but Mick Fanning was anyhow. Whoever it was Mick Fanning was involved, and the budget was so. I mean, you know, it was well shot and whatever. But they literally did Mick's interview on a. It sounded like, and it must have been on a speakerphone, with Mick calling in from somewhere and delivering it with a speakerphone Amazing. thing. And they just they just ran it like oh nobody will notice right you can't, you can't tell that it's like all echoey and hollow and Mick is sounds yeah. like he's on a crappy iPhone it's so funny the rib curl thing there's no voices in the whole commercial no, and then at the end you just hear somebody go rib curl yeah like real quick cuts I'm, like smashed in I'm gonna go back and listen and see if yeah. it's, if it's Mick if it's Mason if it's Mason being Mick or if it's some maybe third or fourth just some random dude yeah, in the factory um the other thing so speaking the reason why I brought that um wetsuit thing up is uh we had true wetsuits reach out and offer to throw us each a wetsuit to test out this winter and give feedback on so shout out to them true wetsuits and i'm excited to test it out did you get yours yet no i'm gonna i'm gonna go by either today or monday to pick it up but what i'm excited about is okay so that rip curl ad made me think okay rip curls really you know everybody looks like they're having fun in their wetsuits and Whatever the the prices on those, I'm sure is double probably what yeah. what True sells there for, and True is in the you know wonder. I mean, I was thinking about how lucky we are in our lifetime to have this industry come up of the uh, affordable wetsuit, I guess, totally. like the wetsuit without the bells and whistles, uh, at least as far as advertising goes. But so you know, we have True, we have. Um, I think there's independent wetsuit company is one or something independent surf company. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, there's that one. There's that one in Australia that you ride, right? Need. Need. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I feel there's a handful more. Yeah. Um, there that, are. That offer a, a price point wetsuit. So what I want to do, what I'm going to do here uh, is take that true wetsuit and then I'm going to go buy, I think, uh, one of Rip Curls off the racks, like one of their nice expensive ones and see what the difference is. Because that's the real question here, right? Mm-hmm. Is... Uh, again, we talked about it last time about doing a, a test of wetsuits, but really what the true test is, is this tier of wetsuits, the, the, uh, you know, cost effective tier versus the top tier, like, okay. and are these wetsuits? So is true 
as good as Rip Curl's three hundred fifty dollars flash bomb, Pro- precisely. Yeah, right. And so that's the that's the question. <clears throat> well, for me, the question's already been answered. I, I encourage you to do it, and I'll yeah. support you. And let's devote time to it on the show. For me, the question's already been answered. As somebody who's been buying wetsuits, obviously, as you have for my entire life, each year they get better. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that we can always count on. Um, but also, each year, each brand. It's the same across the board. Like Rip Curl's best is equivalent to O'Neill's best. See, do you? But that's with a, a little bit of exception. See, and that's. But I don't know that to be true because I only ride one wetsuit a season, right? Like if I had an O'Neill and a Rip Curl, then I feel like I could speak to that. But I yeah. feel I can't because maybe that year O'Neill's wetsuit was you know fifty percent warmer and twenty five percent stretchier, and I yeah. would have no idea, right? Because yeah. I didn't ride. Like all I did was ride my Rip Curl. I've had various wetsuits. In, in the same year? In the same season. In the same season. But not every year throughout. I, and I certainly didn't have all four brands throughout. you sure. know. But there's been times where I have one of each. And I've always just seen the general bar get raised higher and the general... And everybody just competes with one another with the same materials, calling it something yep. different. Until Patagonia came along. And then they did something like radically different. Have you ever, have you ever ridden a Patagonia? Yeah, so I bought one. When they came along, I think like two or three years after the initial launch, I bought one. So it went down from like 700 bucks yep. to like 400 which was still a lot of money. Don't, don't they not even... I mean, how do you know what you're supposed to buy? Don't they not use like... Three two four three kind of. I mean, um, isn't it, don't it, they have like a full different system? I of, think you're right. It's like R two, R three. But I got what, which might actually just be it's like all three millimeter. I yeah. think maybe there's no two millimeter panels. But it, I didn't like it. It was like heavier yeah. and it was not as flexible. And um, so I got away from it. And then now with you know, I think I had a Matus. And it's like that was different because it was the Japanese neoprene. So there is probably a little more variation now. So maybe your test will actually. I mean, that's to me, that's the test though. Is yeah. that is a is a you know 150 or 200? What is what is a price point of the cheaper of the cheaper wetsuit? 200 is fair, okay. right under 200. So is the is a 200 dollars wetsuit as good as a 350 dollars wetsuit? Right. That's the to me that's the real test, right? My answer is going to be yes. I would assume the answer is yes. My hypothesis. So? We'll see though. Yeah, I'm gonna go we'll test see. it out. I'm gonna okay. go. I'm gonna go waste three hundred fifty dollars on a Rip Curl <laughs> wetsuit to, the, to see. The reason why I think it is is because talking to the guys at Need or whomever, like they their thing is like, hey, we're using the exact same material. These are made in the exact same factory. Sure. The only difference is there's no retailer, and there's like they're sold direct, and there's no uh, bells and whistles as you call them in terms of like hang tags, color, bunch of different colors that we need to stock. You know, logos printed, all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, I'm going to go see. Cool. Well, um, the other thing that we have to get into is uh, we had a listener chime in on the proper pronunciation of a German word. You were right. Well, I I was partially wrong, too. Here's his explanation. Zeitgeist. That is the correct German pronunciation. Zeitgeist. The way I usually hear people say it here in the U.S. is Zeitgeist. But try and go for a little bit harder than Z, like a T-S, zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Like zeitgeist. It. Zeitgeist. It's funny. Zeitgeist. When he says zeitgeist, I'm like, that sounds exactly how I say it. Zeitgeist. But I guess, the like he said, the first... Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Yeah. I was totally wrong, though, with the geist. Yeah, but, I mean... 
<laughs> I mean, who knows? I've heard it said that way too. You know what I mean? Thank like, you. it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's good. Thank um, you. Yeah. So, listeners chiming in, dude. The other thing that people chimed in on were we were unsure if Hypto Crypt, Hayden Shapes, Hypto Cryptos were actually a, a kook and current. A lot of people have them. Dude, a lot of intermediate rippers. Yeah, have no, them. that's what I'm, I mean, yeah, yeah a lot of inter, intermediate rippers have yeah. them. Yeah. So it's not a kook and current. Nope. It is a, it's a legitimate, normal surfboard. There you go. Yep. The, the science is in. Yep. Uh, a bunch of people sent photographic evidence and videos actually yep. of themselves. And it's like, well, that guy's ripping. And it's, so. yeah, there's no, there was no denying that a good quality of, yeah, upper intermediate surfers ride hypno cryptos. Yep. So that's getting knocked off the Kook and Kern list. Um, is there anything, before we move into like the meat and potatoes of the show, is there anything you want to add to the asymmetrical conversation? I mean, to be honest, it's the only board I've been surfing. Is it? I, really? I, I had to give it up. Yeah, I have not gotten off it. I actually got a super brand Siamese twin, so that's that's a lie. And I, I went out and had a super fun day on that. But I only went out on the uh, the Siamese twin, which is like... Yeah, it's, have you seen those? No, I've interesting. No they have like the bottom uh, con or the paneling or what? What's it called on the bottom? The contour? Con? Not it's not the contour. It's, it's, Concave? No, it's got like ridges. Like, oh, like little wings or channels? Channels. Channels. Sorry, yeah, okay. channels. Like it's got a bunch of channels kind of on the tail, um, and then it's a it's just a standard twenty though. Hmm. But you know, I've had a great fun day on that. But yeah, I can't. I'm addicted to asymmetricals. Derek. And I completely disagree. I'm excited for Derek Riley, my partner at Beach Grit, to come out. Uh, he's coming out in a couple days, and yeah, I'm excited to go blow to blow to blow on because I'm I'm completely sold at this point on yeah. asymmetricals. Oh, and to be honest, I don't see getting away from them. I yeah. can't imagine going back to a normal, a standard symmetrical shortboard at this point. Well, he, Derek, posted an article, a conversation he had with Matt Biolis um, about them. And I thought Matt did a good job of answering some a question that you were asking, which is like, look, if it is definitively better, why isn't everyone riding them? Yep. Why, or certainly at the top level of the pro world, why aren't they riding them? And Matt did a great job explaining that. He was just like, dude... There's too many moving parts. How do you stock models in retailers? How do you, you know, there's a lot more customization here. So you can't mechanize the system. Sure. The, the manufacturing system. What I'm curious about, because Biola said in that article too, like a lot of them got too extreme in their shapes. Uh, and so which, you know, dinged functionality, I think was what Matt was saying. Um, the ones at Album uh, that I've been writing or the one from Album that I've been writing, um, Sure, it's like strangely shaped, but not too crazy. I mean, the yeah, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like it seems like Matt Parker from album. I, again, I need to write more. But yeah, it se- but it he's felt, found kind of a subtle it, version. It felt to me like I just lo- I absolutely loved it. I, it made surfing. Uh, you know, surfing is always fun, but I have not had that much fun surfing. I, I wrote it yeah. for a month, and especially the last couple of weeks, the waves have actually been good. Yeah. And so going out on good waves and just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Dude, by the way, the waves have been pumping. It's been fun. Have you been surfing? Yeah, I've been surfing a a bunch. Good. I haven't been that surfed out in a long time to the point of like the other day. I mean, it's still good now, but the last couple of days I just took off completely because I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm satiated. I'm so exhausted. I'm satiated. I actually, the last couple of sessions, I wasn't even surfing that well. I was going out out of obligation. Yep. And it's a wonderful place to get to. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's been better up here, I think, or in Orange County than it has been in oh, really? North County, San Diego. Uh, yeah, I think okay. a lot better. But it's still been 
you know, fun, a lot of fun days down there. Dude, I've, I've had multiple days all day long, like two, three session days, a frame head high beach breaks with nobody around Yeah, because it's that good everywhere. It's like, I go pick a peak down the beach and it's still firing. Where, where have you been going? Uh, lesser known spots right off PCH, Okay, you know? Um, but like the pier in 54th street at Newport's pumping. So yeah. like everybody goes there yeah. and then right down the beach, it's empty and Perfect. I love so, that. I love when we get swell. It's weird that it's like Surf City, USA, along PCH, that you you can see the waves from the beach or from the road, and it's still empty. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. So, um, well, good. I'm glad to hear you've been surfing. We have a new board, a new asymmetrical coming from Scrivy again. Obviously, I told you about that other one that I test rode, just like not enough volume in it. He said, "Hey, I've got another one in the works. I'll send that down. Send the other one back." So that should be arriving on Tuesday. I'm excited to try another one. Board Porn posted a photo of it if you want to see that. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, dude, turmoil in the surf media. A lot of turmoil. It's been, it's been, yeah. The surf media wars have it's broken, so good. broken out into the wide open. It's so good, That's dude. Why I feel, you know, I'm going to pat my own back here. I feel like I drug everyone down to the gutter. I think you did, yeah. for sure. I feel I was responsible for dragging all of surf media straight into the gutter but ain't it funnier in the gutter i feel yeah i I'd feel say as, so. i mean maybe it's more myopic but i think i think everyone's having a better time i i certainly am i'm confused by a lot of it i'm confused that people care uh the big people in the surf media care or the people outside of the surf media care both i yeah. think firstly i'm confused people in surf media get their feelings hurt oh yeah that's and awesome. actually take it seriously that's bro- that is brilliant it really is but if they didn't then i think yeah i wouldn't be you know poking so much if nobody if nobody cared then yeah. it wouldn't be fun to well let's get into it yeah what's happened with between stab and the inertia should we start there sure okay what happened uh so stab uh writer Bren- brendan buckley i don't know if he's on staff there or if he's just a if he's just a drop in, but, um, I worked with Brendan at surfing. He was there. Yeah. Brendan's awesome. He's a talented rider, ripping surfer, very, very funny man. Uh, he basically posed as a contributor, contributor for the inertia, uh, submitted a story that had no scientific backing, uh, that dolphin brains are the, or fire the same as surfer brains or something. When dolphins catch waves, their frontal lobes fire in the same way that surfers, uh, the inertia posted it, um, stab, uh, or Brendan wrote a story for stab, like, haha, look what I did to the inertia. And then Zach Weisberg, the inertia founder in chief, um, responded with a lengthy letter about a funeral he was going to and how sad he was and how hurt he was, uh, that their, their lovers up in Venice, California did that to them and basically said, like, hey, you guys are these bullies in the back of the bus constantly making fun of us. We've just, we just love surfing and we just want to keep the good vibes going. Why are you constantly poking fun at us and now like poking holes in our business model or whatever it was? Yeah. Um, what'd you think of? Well, first of all, I should state for maybe listeners who don't know, the inertia is all user submitted content. So you can just go on, fill out a form on their website, submit an article, and the next day it's posted, like the Huffington Post or something. Yeah. So um, I was shocked. And so when when Zach wrote his response to Stab, 
I was shocked that he even said like, oh, we're going to put in safeguards now and really kind of change what the way that we're doing yeah. what we're doing to protect from these things happening. I was like, dude, why? If that's what you do, just own it. We sure. all know what you do. Totally. Well, and just, cl- and I mean, you can have a disclaimer, I guess, if you want. Like, yeah. hey, don't take this, you know, we not everything on this site is vetted scientifically. I mean, that's not, that's not their job, right? That's user submitted. Nor stuff. did anybody think that it was, no. you know what I mean? Like there was no confusion to me that any of their articles were ever based in truth or journalism or anything like no, that. Like no or yeah. science. Totally. So, I mean, I've read, I've read such, you know, absolute garbage, both, both literary garbage, but also like dubious science on there all totally, the time, like totally. as, as much or more than dolphins, brains and surfers being the same. So, hilarious first of all that stab did that yeah i think it's very funny sure um i have no problems with that at all no uh i didn't really even think it was that much of a story like stab even writing about it it's like oh well yeah that's kind of funny but like i'm not surprised because we all know what the inertia sure. is and well, and stab had a real like backpedally thing at the end of it like editors note we normally don't make fun of our mm. you know competition like stab i mean to, to me, Stab and the Inertia have become more or less the same thing. I feel yeah. that they're, you know, both up in Venice. They're, like, I genuinely feel... Venice adjacent. Venice adjacent, yeah. Not, neither of them are in Venice. Sorry. Both yeah. are Venice adjacent. Um, but I feel they're pushing out the same or very similar content and yeah. very similar kind of perspectives. Um, yeah, so it was funny. That was the funny part to me is these, like, it was like a husband and wife fighting is how it felt. I, I kind of agree with you. What was your thoughts on Zach's letter? Oh, I mean, Zach, Zach is like the model of passive aggression. And somebody t- had said in, uh, I commented on Beach Crit, just about the levels of kind of neurotic passive aggress- aggression in that thing. Like starting off by saying, you know, uh, the first line of it was, I was made aware that we had been punked by Stab basically when I was coming home from a funeral of a very loved family member. Right. Uh, that's how it started. And yeah. so if you're going to play the funeral card in the first sentence. And it was literally in the first sentence that he wrote about coming home from a funeral funeral of a dearly beloved. It wasn't just a family member. It was right. a dearly beloved family member. And then go on on like a, just the most passive aggressive screed of like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. But then clearly being so obviously wounded by, by, you know, what was really a totally victimless prank. Totally. I mean, that is, that is the inertia. That's the kind of stuff they do. They do articles all the time about dolphin brains and stuff. And who cares that this one wasn't scientifically vetted? Anybody who went and actually believed... Yeah, again, like you said, if you believe that the inertia is your one-stop shop for proper science, then you got other problems. It's not even the most scientifically fraudulent article that's on the inertia. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, why do you even care that they pull the fast one on you when you guys publish stuff all the time that's even worse than this or more unbelievable? So I I, I was confused that Zach even cared. I mean, yeah. I mean, he obviously restated over and over that he doesn't care, but he's, I mean, he made it, he made a giant case. Yeah. He really went out and then, you know, the kind of like, Oh, thank you. Like, I think Zach loves to be the, you know, you can't hurt us. What you know, whatever you say makes us stronger. So that kind of like, oh, thank you for pointing out the holes. You know, he was thanking staff for pointing out the holes right. in their in their contribution system, and that it's going to be. I mean, I don't, I, how in the world are you going to enforce 
scientific vetting of anything. No. Like, are they going to hire people to vet stories? I mean, that's an actual thing that, you know, publishing houses and stuff do is yeah. vet stories. And that's they not have multiple people on staff yeah. doing that for a living. That's not what the industry does. Well, also, so I was, I was shocked. Well, we got the house dog here. Yeah. The surf rider foundation. Vicious. Um, I was shocked that Zach even responded. So here's the thing. I think somebody else asked me why he's, I can't remember who it was, but asked why did Zach respond? Uh, it's only because stab is bigger than the inertia. So when I got, when I met Zach, um, in Laguna, you know, after I had made fun of, of the inertia for a good three years at that point, or maybe even five years, uh, you know, Zach came up to me with just the tightest smile and tried to be friendly. You know, I, and you know, to his credit, he, he's great in terms of being friendly. Like, I mean, you could see the rage inside of him, but he keeps it fairly, you know, the, the exterior is still smiling. Uh, he refused to take a picture with me, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Cause well, come on, we got to document yeah. this. And he's like, absolutely not. But so I kept saying, why don't you engage? Like it would be way funnier and more fun if we could go back and forth. Right. And his whole thing was, why would we We're bigger than you? And my argument to him was like, who cares about big, right? Like mm-hmm. this is about fun. It's not, none of us are big, right? The entire surf media stab and the inertia and all of them are tiny drop. They're as big as beach grit. Basically. I mean, sure. They may have a couple hundred thousand more people than beach grit or even a hundred thousand more people than beach grit. But in the larger scale, you know, internet writ large, we're all micro tiny little things. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, who, you know, it's not about big, it's about having fun. Right. Um, so that's why though he responded to stab is because stab is bigger than them. And so I think he thinks they can somehow get, I don't know. Tr- uh, yeah. Traction. He, there's, there's value in going fighting up, I guess in him and no Maybe value right. in fighting down. But it, like to me, he just comes across looking like, you know, I mean, pathetic, I think, is a, is a nice word to, to describe how he yeah. came across. Sorry about that. Um, I guess what I'm confused is, I, in my view, and maybe my view is different than the rest of the internet, the inertia is not even doing anything similar to what Stab is doing or what you're doing or what I'm doing. So I'm just like, you guys are pandering to a completely different audience. But I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's part of the problem. I think now Stab and the inertia are similar, right? Okay. I think they're kind of merging voice a little bit. Uh, and I, so I think maybe that is why, you know, their surf voice, I think is semi-similar, even though stab, I'm sure would, would totally disagree, but I think it really is. I think you have kind of a, uh, eclectic, we'll call them, you know, group of riders who aren't necessarily maybe the greatest who are, you know, doing this thing. And I think that's what they're both. I think they're both in the same pool now. And maybe that's why Zach's was like. Hey, you know, you're our you're our direct competition now. Maybe so. I I don't view them as this. I mean, to me, the inertia. I gave up on the inertia a long time ago in terms of like providing surf related oh, sure. content. I don't even go. I haven't even clicked on their site in a very long time. But I mean, Stab is getting almost. I think Stab is getting almost as bad. Stab's just a one advertorial after another these days. Like a, yeah. a real bald faced, ugly advertorial where I can't imagine that they're. You know, they're the people paying for it think, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Like when you're having to, uh, you know, take off the comments or disable the comments right. for basically every advertorial you're doing, to me, it doesn't that say something about the quality of your work? I mean, if you're worried that people are going to come on and just destroy it, which they will because it sucks. And so, <laughs> but you're, so you're not solving the problem. It sucks. So yeah. disabling the comments 
doesn't make the content any better. And right. people just go off other places and make fun of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that gives other outlets, your outlet, my sure. outlet, a great platform to take those people, you know, or not to take those people, provide a home for them to communicate. And it's because it, I mean, it's hilarious to me. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. It, it, again, I don't think any, unless like maybe, I mean, I see that, uh, you can get sued over your comments and things like that. You know, I get that, but that's not the worry. That's not why stabs no. disabling comments. I don't think you should ever disable comments. Like they're you can disabling it. Cause they're worried people are going to talk crap about the Oakley sunglasses. Sure. But yeah. don't, don't like make a better story yeah. about the Oakley sunglasses than that people won't talk crap about. Right. I mean, there's a way to do it. There's a way like my beef is not what I, Albertorial is great. I love it. You know, I think it's fantastic. I think there's products out there that as a surfer, I want to know about, right? Like I want to know about wetsuits. I want to know about boards. I want to know about if Oakley has a new lens technology, then that's totally fine. But don't, you know, though, I mean, stabs bad rhetorical of like uh, trying to, trying to package it in a cute way or like, a. it's just, it's just, it's just really, really not, not good. And I mean, Oakley should be furious. I would be furious if I was Oakley. And that's yeah. what was dribbling out over there. Yeah. I appreciated bad vertorial, by the way. Yeah. You like that? It's solid. I, I was proud about it. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that a complete original? I, I didn't read it anywhere. I, somebody had to have come up with it it's, before me. It could have been, we got to maybe add it to like the urban dictionary. Yeah. With I mean, your name attached to it. Yeah. I would, I would, It'd yeah. A real I, feather in your cap. I had never read it anywhere else. So, um, not to belabor Zach Weisberg. However, his letter is really worth picking apart. Um, I want to do like, I wish I could do it every day on beach. Grid. just put his letter up. Yeah. Every single, it starts the day every day with Zach's. You know what would happen? A reading from Zach. I'm going to, I'm going to predict what would happen there. It's hilarious at first yeah. on about day 14. No, maybe day eight. People are just going to start chastising you. Like, dude, sure. you're just trying to generate, reuse the same content over and over regurgitate. But by day 20, it comes back. it's going to be hilarious. Oh, 100%. It's going to be like, so day three sixty five. we're going to be rolling laughing. It's, it's one of the only, uh, one of the very few talents I have as a writer is being able to play through a bad joke long enough where it come becomes funny again, of like taking the, taking the lumps in the middle of people saying, get off this already, like yeah. stop doing this and just keeping on just like a Perfect. real dull, dull instrument. I'm in, dude. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. I'm, I'll uh, I'm not make fun of you during that mid-section. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I did want to say about Zach is you said it's fun. Like you pulled it into the gutter, things into the gutter, and then it's all – it's fun in the gutter. I'm What I was shocked by in that letter is that Zach doesn't realize nobody's really taking this seriously. The thing that Stab did to you is a joke. Sure. The readers – no, it's a joke. We all think it's a joke. You should be able to laugh about it. I'm shocked that Zach at this point still is like not laughing. Well, I mean, it's the only, and I think at the end, it's the reason the inertia is a joke because it doesn't get it. Like it's not in on its own. It's, joke. it's not in on, on yeah. even surfing being a joke, right? Yeah, exactly. That what we do is so not serious. And of course we can have serious conversations about it. And of course it's super fun and whatever. But again, I mean, I can never get away from the fact that we're, in pantsuits, you know, sitting in the water, dancing on the waves. Like that's mm -hmm. what it is. And to think that that's more than it is. And again, Zach and their, you know, uh, they somehow think they're changing the world, I, I guess, or whatever, like his, in his screed, just talking about their community, you know, that they're the, the bright eyed ones who are, you know, well, you know, whoever is in the back of the bus making fun, the cool kids, they're the ones who are earnest and, you know, bright eyed and happy. And I'm like, 
we're all fucking retarded. We're yeah. all on the short bus together here. And now like, that's making you the bully by yeah. shaming us for doing what we're doing. You know, like it's hypocrisy. Completely. Well, so I didn't tell you this, but I've had a number of emails about you. Or no, the first one that came through a, a while ago was like, you know, Chaz just is relentlessly making fun of Zach all the time. And it really is poor taste. Like, Zach, it's just like Chaz is bullying Zach. And my response to him was like, no, I mean, I don't view it as bullying because it's all in fun. It's all in jest. Like, nobody actually cares. I don't think Zach actually cares. And now I'm kind of reading it going, oh, I think Zach might actually Zach care. Zach actually cares, but that's Zach's problem, right? And Maybe so. I'm gonna, so. I'm going to keep, like the dull instrument that I am, I'm going to keep hammering him until he doesn't care anymore. Like, or just gets yeah. out of the game entirely. Like, if you take yourself seriously that's in here, the thing. then you, you don't belong. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's where, that's what surfing is. Surfing is a silly, 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 very fun thing. Well, so what I was, the other thing I alluded to was I've gotten emails about you, uh, specifically when you talked about kicking a dog. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of people emailed me like, how dare he? F you guys. I'm never listening. I'm telling you, I got 10 emails from people saying, I'm never listening again. And some of them I replied to, some of them I didn't. But my response was like, are you guys, are you serious? Like, you think I... First of all, I don't think Chaz ever kicked a dog. I didn't ask him, but because I don't think he has. I've kicked, I've kicked a good many dogs. All right, here they come again. Yeah. <laughs> so and I'm like, first of all, he cares about his loafers too much to actually kick the dog. You know what I mean? Um, and then, so, so I'm like, none of this is serious. Like Chaz's greatest hope is that the inertia or stab or somebody writes an article saying, Chaz kicks dogs. Yep. And then we get more listens on the podcast. People click over to Beach Grit. Like, that's all of it is. It's just a game. Not to pull back the curtain, but that's what nobody is. actually cares, dude. Well, I, and, and I'm glad that you guys are listening. And I'm not minimizing your job as the listener, like devaluing what we're doing. But it's it's all in jest, it's dude. all fun. We're just riding waves. Well, see, we're just, it's all a joke. Well, and that's the thing, too. At the end, you know, like, when stab, because it, it was such a well-played joke. I totally agree. Like, Brennan... Brendan Buckley hit it out of the park on the joke. Uh, and that's why at the end when Stab put the disclaimer on editors note, we don't usually like to make fun of our competition. I'm like, come on. Don't soft pedal don't, it. Don't soft pedal anything. Yeah. Just play, like you are. And to post something and then to soft pedal is the right. worst thing ever. I really, is one thing in my life that I hate worse than anything is a pulled punch. Yeah. Like if you're going to punch, punch. If you're not, not. But don't, don't fucking pull your punch. Just right. punch. Like, the, and they had a wonderful, funny, very well played prank that yeah. they should have just let stand don't uh, they totally inertia out at the end stab inertia out by yeah. saying not all our contributor you know this not all our contributors views i busted zach on that too uh when i met him i was like because zach loves to push their contributors under the bus like if somebody gets something wrong zach will passive aggressively push it off on to like well we didn't you know this was poorly vetted or whatever like if you put it up on your damn site, then just take responsibility stand for behind it. it. Yeah, stand behind it. Even if it's wrong, just stand behind it till the end. So I wonder if it's time maybe that he distances himself as the figurehead of the brand. Oh, I mean, that's, he should. He Or, or just hire somebody, yeah, yeah. Who, who's able to... Because the inertia would be great. I totally understand its place in our world, right? Of course. It's, it's for kooks. And there's a bunch of kooks. Like I was yesterday uh, or two days ago surfing um, near... Uh, wherever I was, Cardiff, somewhere. Okay. Uh, and there was some guy, there's two guys on, uh, what, is, what are those boards that are like press board, like fake, a total, the fakest Tough Light epoxy one? I guess just Tough Light. Tough right? Light, sure. Yeah. Or, yeah, Tough Light Surf Tech. Yeah, Surf Tech. Yeah. Okay, so he was on a, he was on a Surf Tech, Surf Tech egg. Might have been Devin Howard, but <laughs> I know it wasn't Devin because this guy, so this guy was paddling on the back 
he was laying on the back quarter half, you know, of the board. His board nose was sticking in the sure. in the air. It was, it was probably a seven footer. Uh, he wasn't able to catch waves, and he was yelling at his buddy like, "I don't know what's happening. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything right. And I just get this damn board." I was like, "Yeah, your board sucks, but you're not doing anything right." And th- when I see guys like that, I know. Yeah, this guy, he loves surfing, clearly. I mean, he's awful, but he loves it. And that the inertia is the place for him, right? Yeah. It's, and there's more kooks, like more, you know, totally just people who are awful at surfing. And there are, are people who are even halfway good, right? Um, and the inertia is for them. But if the inertia could understand, yeah, we're kooks, and that's funny, and you can make fun of, fun of us, and that's funny, and we're going to make fun of ourselves too, and that's going to be funny, then it would work. Or, or you don't even have to make fun of yourself, but just don't be shocked when the core of the industry pokes fun. Well, and that's the thing though, thinking that like Zach's, Zach's, the impassioned were the bright eyed ones, right? We're the ones who are, who are not, you know, wasting our time. We're actually changing the world. That was his, the, the meat of his speech was that, you know, we're doing, we're creating and you guys are just tearing down. Uh, And I was like, what the fuck are you creating? You're creating a, like this, I mean, he, he clearly thinks there's value in the, uh, inertia community somehow. There's no value there. I mean, yeah. there's value. I, the only value there is, is if people are having an enjoyable time together, and then there's value there, but I don't think they are. There's no like comments on the inertia. There's, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a very engaged readership there. Maybe they're, you know, contributors are engaged, but yeah. Yeah. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The whole thing was super confusing to me. I, I again, just thought I was shocked at how Zach, Zach's earnestness yeah. in the whole exchange. He, he, I think he genuinely believes that yeah. he's changing the world. That the inertia is changing the world for yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's a beacon. It's amazing. Um, Beach Grid's partnered with Surfer Mag. Yeah. That's Mary. another thing. Talking about turmoil in the surf media, that was a yeah, marriage I did not see coming. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Tell me it's about a good it. One. What's the deal? Um, why why do it? And uh, what's the benefit for both parties? What was the objective? You know, I think Surfer is unique. Uh, its position in surf media is unique and just that, that it's the, excuse, excuse me, the oldest surf magazine, you know, the first surf magazine, the... Like it, I mean, it is in surf magazines. It's the icon, right? Or in surf media, there's one icon, and it's surfer. Um, 
And I had poked fun at Todd Perdonovich, it's Surfer's editor, you know, a number of times, I think. And at some point, I was going to do another story, and I was like, wait a second. Most of the people I poke fun at, I've actually met. I mean, I think almost all of them I've met. Um, rarely do I go half, co- I mean, I guess not always, but rarely will I go half cocked. Or I'm sorry. I don't need to walk that back. I'm always half cocked. But with Todd, like, I felt like I was really hitting him pretty hard, but I never met him. So I reached out. Um, and said, Hey, you know, I'd love to buy you a drink. Uh, and he responded and I couldn't believe that he responded, you know, first, like, cause I went pretty hard at Todd. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't gentle slaps. Like I was hitting him on, on his spinelessness and things like that, which is, it's pretty rude. Uh, but he agreed to have a drink. So we had a drink. Um, and he was really funny. Like I was, you know, he was, he was upset, uh, at what I'd written. Was he really? Yeah. Hmm. But voice, you know, we had a conversation about, you know, why I do what I do and why he was upset, you know, which I obviously I totally understood, but, uh, it was just a good conversation, right? It was an honest conversation. And then we met again for drinks and second time he's, he is one of the funniest men. He's like quietly one of the driest, funniest men I know now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just thought this, it'd be really fun, right? Like surfers great at some things and not great at, you know, kind of getting in the gutter, uh, you know, it's, it's a highbrow thing, but wouldn't it be fun if there would be a way for surfer to come, you know, play in the gossip and the, and the, the stuff that's not so serious because there's no real place on right. surfer for that. Right. So I was like, well, it'd be a perfect for beach grit to slide in here, you know, and for us to just do a little bit of, of content sharing, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it, it was just a real simple, I saw a surfer have a need that we could fill. And then, you know, our audience is a, a fraction of what surfers is. So it opens up surfers who may, may never have heard of beach grit to, to, you know, to what beach grit is. So to me, it was a, it was a marriage that made total sense. Yeah. And uh, hats off to Todd Radonovich for, um, being able to, uh, yeah, look me, look me in the eye both say his piece, but then also, you know, see the value in it too. Like he's like, I can't speak highly enough of him. Good. I, I like it. I think it makes a lot of sense in the way you explained. It makes sense. Like you beach grid benefits from a huge audience that they have and like a legitimacy, let's say that they have a yep. legacy that you can't buy your way into. Um, and then at the same time, surfer is missing the boat on a lot of conversations and it's because they have to maintain a certain it's you know, uh, yeah. yeah, a certain kind of ethos with the brand. Um, and so rather than trying to create a brand new sub brand that goes and plays in the gossip arena, it's like, oh, no, we'll just bring you under our wing once a week or whatever it is. What is the structure for how you guys? Are it's once a week now. My okay. my goal is to get a bit more. My, my real goal is Scorched Earth. Uh, where I take out all of surf media. And at the end, the only surf media that, that exists is surfer and beach grid. All right. Do you want to lay out the plan right here? I mean, I just, I can, that's okay. it. Like okay. this is, it's as simple as. So you're going to infiltrate surfer from the inside. No, because I won't uh, surfer is fine. Surfer. I don't want to be surfer. Okay. I want to be beach grid and I don't want to take surfer out. I think surfer is super value okay. valuable as it is. I just want to take stab out and uh, the inertia doesn't matter. I just want to take stab out. God, it's so yeah. scorched earth, but Directly headed towards the direction toward, of stab. Directly headed toward Venice adjacent, and Got if the inertia it. accidentally gets burned in the in the uh, fire that ensues, then so be it. Um, well, stab that officially lo- shot officially 
fired across the bow. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, when Stab went and and hired every ex-Beach Grit writer, I think that was... I think they knew what what they were going to get into. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, list them. Mikey, I mean, Mikey Rory. Rory. Ashton was at uh, Beach Grit before he was a surfer. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Oh, they, they've had... Um, who else have they had? They've had one more. Oh, they, they went and had uh, way back in the day... Oh, I can't even remember his name. He was mm. he was awesome. He wrote for us way first. But yeah, I mean, Mikey it's and Rory and Ash, Mikey and Rory is was basically our staff for the you know for the past couple of years, and now they're at Stab. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, did the WSL buckle after you didn't cover them their final day in they France? They did. They totally buckled. <laughs> did they? But yeah. They 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 realized the error of their way, and yeah, I received a apology letter from their new CEO. No. <laughs> I totally forgot, actually, that, that, that you weren't to, supposed to cover it. We weren't supposed to cover it. And I'm, uh, I posted uh, Long Tom, Steve Shearer's story, and it was just like, oh, it's such a great story. And then somebody emailed me and said, wait, isn't it a blackout? And I, yeah. I, eh. Yeah. What are you going to do? You win some, you lose some. Yeah, being late. <laughs> I forgot about that. How convenient. <laughs> um, so, dude. I uh, came across this realization. We've had conversations in the past about white wetsuits. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you wear a white wetsuit, you obviously can rip. Sure. And you become a superhero. Yep. And I don't even know where you would buy a white wetsuit. Well, and I've, that's never, a th- I've never seen one on the right. Of course not. So that's the thing about it is like you almost have to just earn your way up to a certain level of ripping. And then you wake up in the morning and there's a white wetsuit laid out on the floor. Yep. And then you just you then don it. And there are only two people are Kelly Slater and Chloe and Andino, yep. obviously. And then, you, and then so me you, would be the third. Yeah. And, but once you wear it, you can suddenly do full rotation airs, like get barreled everywhere. Sure. Like it's pretty amazing. You're the best. Yeah, obviously. And we also, so white wetsuits were one of those things. Blonde hair is definitely going to up your ripping quotient yep. because we've got from Steph Gilmore to Owen Wright to John John Florence is just a long list. So, um, I've discovered another thing that In, ups your ripping quotient. Invisalign. No. What? Who's oh Miggy Poopa? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, patchy facial hair. Oh yeah, you're exactly right. But wait a second, I have patchy facial hair. I can't grow right here, but, right here. But you then trim it so that people can't really see it. I mean, I shave usually. Exactly. So yeah. my point is, you have to grow it out. Okay, so if it I, has to be patchy facial hair. That's I'm going to say two inches so off right. your face. What is the deal with John John's? It's I, disgusting. I, but does he think it looks good, or is he just? Does it help him rip? So well, maybe, maybe you're onto something. That's what I'm thinking. Is yeah. they looked at the NHL, they looked yeah. at baseball, and they're like, oh, these guys who aren't shaving, and they have they have these like uh, idiosyncrasies, not sure. washing their socks during playoff season or whatever it is that you hear about. And so I think John John just goes, dude, I'm I won a world title. I can't shave this pube hair on my chin. Well, that's really I, that makes me that makes me really like it because I was real confused about it for a long time. I, I mean, I have been until this minute right now. Yeah, it's exactly right. Look at Felipe. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? Uh, Philippe is patchy. Like, like Philippe, I grow a Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's awful. John John's is weird because it's just two strings off of his chin. Yeah. He's like he's like a 108-year-old Chinese man. Exactly. Yeah. But that guy oftentimes only has like one, one hair. Yeah, John John's got two. John John's got one coming off almost like horns off yeah. of his chin. And then Felipe's, on the other hand, it's a full beard. Like it, it goes on his cheeks and his jawline, but it's still patchy yep. and it's scraggly looking. John John's is the weirdest growth ever. Um, You're exactly right. It's got to be related to I won, and so I'm not going to shave until I 
until I don't win anymore. I think that's what it is. Unfortunately for the women's side of the tour, they don't have this magic power. Yeah. You know, they got to find their own probably yeah. Yeah. if they really want to start dominating. Um, I was thinking though, like in the NHL, those guys can grow legitimate beards. Sure. Like baseball lumberjacks, too. Like baseball you, too. Rare, rarely do you see a baseball player with a scraggly beard. It's not that patchy. Yeah. So I'm wondering if part of the reason why our sports le- isn't considered legitimate by other sports is because of the we patchiness. Can't grow beards. Yeah. When, besides Jerry Lopez as Vince in the North Shore, when, when was the last surfer who had a good beard, like a good, solid beard, who was like a, a good, you know, on tour or whatever? Great question. There's got to be one, right? Let's consult Warshaw. D- uh, Dino grows a, like, uh, like a thin one on his jawline, but I don't know if he had that when he was competing. Keith Malloy. Did Keith? Oh, Keith Malloy. You're right. But not when he was on tour. No, it's exactly right. He's currently got a pretty amazing one. Of course. But what I would like to see, though, is like a like Vince in the North Shore, like a trimmed beard, right? right. Like a like a full beard, but that's not gone, you know. Groomed. Malo- yeah, Malloy's is incredible, but like clearly in the in the hipster vein, right? I mean, he is, his is a thing. I would like to see like just a, like I think Parco might look good with just a beard, right? Yeah. I'm a man now. Yeah. I'm, you know, up there in age and mm-hmm. I have a beard. Like yeah. a trim it, but I it's like a beard. It. Yeah, somebody needs to bring a proper beard to the tour. Like a normal beard, not a hipster beard, not right. a not a fashion beard. I like think a, I am a I'm a just a man beard. I think Adriano could do it. You think so? You think he can grow facial hair? I think he could. Uh, Shane Beshin, but his was always patchy. Yeah, his was and way his patchy. was like a neck beard. Yep, he had a like patchy an, Abe, an Abe Lincoln neck beard. You're exactly right. So I wonder if Dane could grow a beard. Dane probably can. That's why he named his thing the neck beard, his board. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, bizarre, right? Yeah, it's really true. That's why surfer, surfing will never be a legitimate sport until somebody. So somebody's got to take the fall and grow a proper beard. Yeah. And then the WSL should force somebody. The WSL should pick. If who, they were smart, they would. Yeah, the, who, who grows the best beard here and yeah. then make them grow it. I feel like Kelly set the gold standard for diplomacy as like a representative of our sport. And like John John is really jeopardizing that legacy. Like John John, he just looks silly. And if it is like his Samson power, then I kind of get that. But we're not going to be taken seriously by the outside world with this guy with this weird patchy facial hair. One hundred percent. It's just impossible. Because because when John John wins, uh, not if when he wins at Pipe, he'll be on Sports Center. I mean, they'll throw they throw usually like a bone to the WSL for the championship, and it'll be John John with his. With his Chinaman. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody can take it seriously. So I think, you know how often, maybe not for you, but with a lot of relationships, the wife is really responsible for making sure the husband doesn't leave the house dressed like an idiot. You know, like, dude, why are your socks pulled up to your knees, weirdo? Yeah. Why did you put that fanny pack on? Why'd you tuck your shirt in? Things like that. John John doesn't have a wife, so it's understandable, but I feel like maybe this is incumbent upon Ross Williams. Yeah, I think so, too. Because Ross. Ross has been looking extra clean lately, totally. too. Ross, is real, Ross seems like he really cares about what he puts on when he goes and sits in the competitor's area. He's well-groomed. Yep. Well-groomed, handsome, handsome well-dressed. Yep. I feel like, Ross, is, Ross, it's your responsibility to make sure John John gets his act together before he takes that. But I feel, though, you're exactly right, that it is a Samson power, and Might so there's, be, yeah. there's no way. It's just what if okay? What if he wins the title at Pipe and then before he actually gets the trophy, goes back and just sh- trims real quick? I, th- I mean, at this point, when he wins a Pipe, uh, that's the problem is we can't have him sh- we can't have him shaved because I'm curious how many 
uh, John John can win in a row. Yeah. So you think he's winning it this year? I mean, for sure, right? Everybody else is too. Like, I think the scenarios that the WSL tries to put out to make to make for compelling viewing are just artificial, right? I mean, well, they're they're mathematically correct, sure, but it's but, like what what's that? What has to happen? John John has to lose basically in round two, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the scenarios, and then I did some additional math. Okay, and then we'll discuss. If John John finishes first or second at pipe, he will clinch the title. Yep. Okay. If he finishes third, Medina needs to get first. Okay. If John John finishes fifth, Medina still needs first. If John John finishes ninth, Medina needs a second. Jordy needs a first. If John John finishes thirteenth or twentieth or twenty fifth rather, then Medina needs a fifth. Jordy needs a second, and Julian Wilson, if he wins the event in that Sneaks scenario, in. can win the world title. So basically, John John needs to not make the quarterfinals yep. and. Even if he doesn't make the quarters or makes the quarters and loses there, Medina needs to win the event. Has, has Medina won the no. Pipeline Masters before? No. He so here's, here's the stats. Since they've been on tour, John John's gotten 5th, ninth, 5th, 2nd, 13th, and 5th. Gabriel's got 3rd, 2nd, 2nd. 13th, 9th, and 9th. Okay, so they're in the... I mean, they're both in the wheelhouse. Well, when you average those numbers out... John John's averages to a 6.5. Gabe's averages to a 6.33. Wow. So they're they're neck and neck. Sure. But what makes it additionally compelling, I think, is that John John hasn't made the quarters only once since 2013. So we're almost guaranteed for John John to make the quarters. I mean, John John would have to have such a shocker. That's the thing, which is, again... And hearing those numbers makes me happy because it does seem, when you put the numbers out, it does seem like there's a probable chance uh, for it to at least go kind of down to the wire. Um, but I just have a really hard time. You know, but I guess freaky things happen. John John could, could uh, the waves could be weird. John Dude. John could get hurt. I mean, if John John gets hurt, though, that's the thing. If John John gets hurt, uh, then, and Medina wins, then Medina, I think it would have to be fully asterisked. Yeah, that's a good point. And I don't... I mean, geez louise. Anything could happen. They could get hurt. Uh, it'd be terrible if they did. I just think John John is almost certain to make the quarters. Yep. You know, that's almost a given. And if John John makes the quarters, it's done, right? Gabe would need to win the event if John John loses in the quarters. Okay, okay. So John John would need to but make But Gabe's never won the event. Yeah. He made the finals twice in a row last year he didn't but what is the what is the pipe specialist thing it's totally changed now right there's only like two or three wild cards i don't i don't know yeah because remember they do the whole uh they, they do a trials they event. do the trials which is basically hey wild cards you get this is your thing because remember they used to let like 10 yeah. or 12 yeah. pipe which that's what threw it all off so now those i think there's only two wild last cards year there was in. two yeah there was that 16 year old kid on billabong i forget his name and uh gavin beshin yeah. last year yeah so I, I, what is your scenario? Who do you think wins this event? And who do you think wins the world title? I think John John wins the world title. I think, um, who am I going to go with to win pipe? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the little plumber again. I think Adriano D'Souza is going to, going to swoop in and win, win the event. The little plumber. Yeah. You heard it here. Yeah. He's going to win pipe. Um, I mean, last year it was bizarre. Michelle Borez won the yeah. event, and Kanoa was in the final with him. So yeah. it's like always something weird could happen. Uh, I 
so here's my prediction, okay? And without knowing the forecast this far in advance, we both are entitled to change sure. our opinion sure. once that forecast gets set. I think John John loses in the quarters. Yep. I think Gabriel makes the final. And, and, it, and then we're all wondering, like, if Gabriel wins the final, he wins the world title. Yeah. I think he loses in the final. To Julian. To Josh Kerr. Oh, yeah. To Josh I Kerr. That. I could see that. I think Josh, obviously, the guy who shreds and, like, he, he's made the final at Pipe before. Or maybe it was the semis. But he obviously surfed big barrels really well. Yep. But he's been so off his game for so long. He announced his retirement in Portugal, and he actually did pretty well he did in well. Portugal. He surfed well. And I feel like now he can relinquish all the pressure that he's felt all along because he announced his retirement. He knows this is going to be the last pipe masters he ever surfs in. He can surf it whether it's overhead or tiny. Like he's great in all conditions. And so I think that this will be his swan song. The first CT event that he wins, it'll be a Pipe Masters, and it'll spoil Gabriel Medina's world title. I love it. Time. I totally Bang. love it. That is, that is, that's art. That's I what mean, I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's really, really good. And he's not sponsored. So it's like... Did Rusty draw... Yeah. Uh, when? A year ago. Okay. So he's been, he's been sponsorless all... I didn't even know that. Yeah. He's been sponsorless all tour. It, well, that could be an indicator for why he's done poorly sure. this year. Is he's been writing a bunch of different boards. He's actually okay. written a few albums oh, in really? competition. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, he's been writing all sorts of boards in competition, mayhems, and um, never really sorted it out and sussed it out. Okay. But my money's on Josh Kerr to win the whole event. Writing what board? Good question. Right. I think he's going to ride local, locally yeah, yeah. shaped so, boards. Arakawa's Eric, yeah. or something like that. That's a good call. So that's where my money's on. Wow, I, re- I would really love for it to be classic pipe, like at least you know for a chunk of the event. I mean, how oh, good would course. it be if it's just like firing big yeah. barrel pipe? Yeah. Ooh. In which case, John John and Gabriel will do very very well. Yeah. You know, uh, but again, Gabe's going to lose second. So, um, the Piahi Challenge might take place today or tomorrow. Tomorrow isn't it on for tomorrow? They green lit it. Um, oh, I thought it meant when it was green lit, it meant it was on for Saturday. Or... But they could always call it off, even when it's green sure, lit, sure. you know. Yeah, but, but so, so it could. I didn't know that there was a possibility that it could go today. Uh, that's what I originally thought. I don't pay that close of attention. Sure. Do you? Do you care? <laughs> well, that's my exact question. Was do you, how little do you care? Is the better question. Okay, if I go home from here uh, and Jaws is running, um, I would go surfing instead of watching it. Yeah. Like, or I would, if I was home, like the, the scenarios, like the world title scenarios, the scenarios that would get me to watch this the, is a good game. the Piahi challenge, uh, I'd have to be home cause I'm definitely not going to pull it up on my phone. I'd have to be in front of my computer. Okay. Like this. So there's no scenario where I would pull Piahi up on my, on my phone and watch, watch it on the app. Um, so I gotta be home. I definitely have to have alcohol, uh, and I have to be two drinks in, and then I I would be like kind of boozy enough to be like, oh, let's check that out. So World Series is taking place right now, the Baseball World Series. Yep. Stranger Things two is getting released on Netflix. I never today. watched Stranger. Did you watch Stranger Things Dude, one? I missed. I missed one. I'm trying to get through season one currently because yeah. knowing season two is coming and everybody loves it and talks about it. I'm not into it, dude. So my, I'm five episodes in, and I'm like pulling teeth to get me to finish it. Yeah, I, I like my wife watched it without me. It was one yeah. of those where I was probably falling asleep early, yeah. like I usually do, and 
I missed it and and don't care at all. Right. So that's kind of, but so Piaget, sure. it's like, well, there's these other conflicting social events taking place on television. Yep. Uh, where do I spend my time? Will you then watch once after the event's over and they put out a highlights package? Will you click play on that? No. Okay. See, I definitely will click play on yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I'll only click play on it if something like incredible happened and and not to take away anything from jaws or the people who surf it i think it's a, obviously yeah. it's like superhuman but the only big wave that really interests me oddly is why man like mm. i love watching the eddy yeah um i really genuinely enjoy watching the eddy the rest of them it's just you know i there's obviously i i have no like association to it i don't yeah. feel anything when i see it it's just a thing that's another thing, and I, you know, I don't watch hockey or NASCAR either. Right. So I am interested to watch it. I actually really enjoyed the event last year. Shane Dorian's couple of drops that he had, like one before the event, and I think one was in the heat. Kyle, didn't Kyle Lenny have a couple yeah. good, interesting drops too? Yeah. And Billy, Billy Kemper's barrels. Yep. like Those are all incredible waves. But watching it live is painful because the lulls are so long. Yep. You know, There's elements of it that just make it less interesting. Um, but the highlights package, I'm always very interested in. I agree with you. YMA last year was super compelling because it was just water world. The, you know, it was a complete chaos. And the way that, just the way the scoring, I don't know how they score. I can't remember how they score, Jaws. But they, the Eddie is scored differently, right? 100 point scale, I yeah, think. Yeah. And I really like the way the Eddie is scored somehow makes it compelling to me. Yeah. Like, it feels like the guys, everybody has a shot always. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a spectacle. Like, the yeah. other thing is Jaws is perfect. Yeah. So like watching guys just do the same thing over and over isn't as interesting. Whereas the the Eddie at Waimea, Mason Ho getting bucked off a wave uh, and like John John making this like it's all there's the element of um, not knowing what's coming next is super super well, interesting. And I was there on the on the cliff when uh, the year that Andy took one in like caught one pumped all the way through the middle section like the wave stayed just big enough you know and got on the shore break and just packed the clothes out andy or bruce bruce had done it before but andy okay. did it andy did it you know also that one year unless my memory is totally gone I, I have the clearest picture of just watching though andy uh pump his board across the bay like where the wave kind of dies down yeah. to get it all the way back into the shore break and it's just like yeah there's no uh, jaws doesn't have that jaws doesn't have a shore break right so even the fact that there's a shore break at waimea makes makes it a fun thing. And by the way, how gnarly is it? Like when you watch it on camera, you it's gnarly, but when you're there in person it's seeing incredible. the the power of the ocean and that how gnarly that shore break is, Andy and Bruce are the men. Oh, you to, know, like to, it's to, so to pack it on a 9 foot or 10 foot or whatever their guns are, like to go in with a 10 foot fiberglass spear yeah. into a shore break like that is like yeah, incredible. And the shore break is 10 feet and 13 feet wide. Yeah. And the lip is four feet thick. It's so, incredible. so manly. Yeah. You know? Um, There's something about the way that I think that at Jaws and, and uh, you know, Nazare and stuff too, like... I don't like watching these guys in their life vest for some reason. Like I really like there's something about the real stripped down the you know the the Waimea gun, mm-hmm. which is a specific kind of board I think, mm-hmm. uh, and these guys out there just in their you know I mean either nothing or their contest singlets. There's something about like the super bulked up look of Jaws, and of course I appreciate the safety and all that, but it just looks weird to me. Like I, I just it's nothing it's nothing I'd want to do. Like in some weird bizarro land, I would love to be able to surf Waimea. In no 
anywhere would I ever care to surf jobs. Right. Well, the YMA thing is almost more relatable. I think like we've all been humbled by paddling out at the big day at our local break. Sure. And YMA has some of that. I remember an instance two years ago, I think it was, um, it was massive. Like the bay was closed out and Kelly and Ross were on the beach and they tried to paddle out and they couldn't make the paddle out. But Luke Shepardson, who was like 18 year old North shore kid with no sponsors, they all paddled out at the same time. Luke made it out. And then Kelly and Ross got washed back to the beach, turned around and saw him on a sick wave. That's amazing. And that's so amazing, you know? And so there's an element of like that being humbledness that the ocean is greater than all of us and it will always humble you. And, um, but then the local kid who's kind of done it more than anybody might make his way through somehow and then be the hero that day. And that's what it feels like. Just the, the paddle part of why man stuff, you know, like jaws. I mean, not that they're getting towed into jaws for the event, but the fact that there's skis out there and everybody, you know, people are getting saved from the, from the soup and all that. Like there's just something about the, yeah, it feels like anyone could win. Mm -hmm. Why man? Yeah. Where, Yeah. Which unfortunately won't run this year. I know, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a real bummer. The other thing about the Piahi event, it's unsponsored, Yep. which is kind of weird. Uh, Does Maui sponsor it? No. It's just nothing. It just says the Piahi challenge yeah. or whatever. Um, are they running women's heats this year? Oh. I haven't seen any press saying that they are. Yeah. And I went on their website. There's no listing of surfers for the women. So there's no way to know. I mean, will they do like a specialty like Paige Holmes and whoever else? I mean, the women just got annihilated last year, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is they wouldn't do it this year, but I I haven't heard that they won't and I haven't seen anything that they are. That's a good question. So it's on, by the way. It starts today. Oh, really? I just pulled up the website. Um, 10.30 their time. So so it's it's on right now. Oh, wait. No, not yet. 10.30 their time. An hour hour and 45 minutes from now. Yeah. So by the time listeners hear this, they will know this information. Fantastic. So it looks like it's on. Go watch. I was lying. I was kidding. (laughs) Is the cam up? No. Okay. No live stream yet. You know, now that you say it, no, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, the waves are good right now at home. So I know. I mean, that's the problem is if I have a between surfing and watching surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, a couple other details before we wrap the show. Julian Wilson and Ashley O are pregnant. I heard. In, I read. In conjunction with Jack Freestone and Alana, also oh, looking to pop fantastic. any day now. Didn't didn't we talk about here on the show before about uh, forcing the best surfers to couple and have children? We did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's actually happening. Well, I think it's great for the human race and all that sort of thing. My question is, does this baby uh, cuckold, to use Derek Frick, Derek's recent, I'm loving that. Yeah, Derek loves um, yeah, so does it? Does having a baby cuckold your world title hopes? Oh, n- uh, I want to say no, really? with Julian. Because, well, because he clearly didn't win one without a baby. So why not throw a baby in the mix? Like, <laughs> yeah, but maybe he was on the upward swing. I don't know, Julian. I wish every year, every year, I cheer for Julian, and every year I feel I the most, most disappointing surfer on tour. I don't know what it is. Like he has all the skill in the world and all of the waves in the world. Uh, you'd think by now he would understand the the you know, competitive, whatever the part of, you know, priority and all that. But the fact that he can't put it together, but so maybe a baby puts it together for him. Okay. I did not, I did not think of that angle. I hope that you're right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm rooting for him. Cause he might be ooh, a great thing. A baby could do if he's going to be a hands-on dad is it might kind of exhaust him enough where he just doesn't have time to think, you know, mm. 
so much. Maybe maybe that's his problem that he's always overthinking it, and so he can just you know get four hours of sleep. Oh man, I gotta go surf my heat. Go out and surf it. Like let his body do what his body can do. Yeah, uh, without overthinking it, right? Okay. Which which. So I'm gonna Julian. When you listen to this podcast, I encourage you to be a hands-on dad and let it completely exhaust you both mentally and physically and then go surf. I think it will exhaust him. I think but he would be a hands-on dad is I what I mean. So. Like, I don't think I hope he... so, but I hope he's not like, I hope he's not one of these dads who's like, okay, baby, you got to take, I mean, to the wife, yeah. honey, you got to take over kid duty. Cause you're, I, yeah, I, you're I, the mom. Yeah, I'm the, the bread. And I have to no. prepare for this competition. No, don't prepare. I don't see him being that way. Don't prepare for your competitions. So the other detail is the criticism of his surfing is it's not dirty enough. It's too polished and it makes it look too easy for the judges. So maybe this will just make dirty it up. more dirty. You know, a little, it's like little diaper poo on your board. Totally That's dirty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's Go. what I'm thinking. Oh man, I'm ex- uh, I'm excited for Julian. That's well, fun. I ran some more numbers. I looked at the top ten basically, and I was like, who among the like? There's more babies on tour now than there's ever been before. You got. Parco traveling with yep. his wife and kids. Josh Kerr traveling with his wife and kids. Felipe just had a baby. Miggy Pupo had a baby. Like, oh, there's all these Mick Fan, not Mick Fanning. Um, Owen Wright. He's yep. bringing Kita on the tour with Lot his baby. Lots of babies on yep. the tour, right? More than ever. I'm like, what is going on? But then I looked at the top ten. None, top, of, them, none of them have babies, dude. It's all in the bottom twenty that have the babies. That's a- so. John, John, Gabe, Jordy. Well, Jordy has a wife, but no baby. Yep. Julian, baby coming. Owen is in the top 10. That's one exception of the rule. Uh, and then Felipe is sitting eighth, and he has a baby. Okay. Other than that, no, no babies. babies. Wow. So maybe I'm going to be wrong. But I think with Julian, it's good. It's going to work. I okay. really feel. All right. I'm pulling for Julian's. Kelly won all those titles, and he had a kid, technically. Yeah. I mean, so, technically. Technically. <laughs> so it's not, it's not that it can't be done. No. I think being, bringing the baby on tour might be the issue but i really believe though that with julian that's going to be that's going to be the key all right i hope you're right yeah me too i hope you're right um until that science comes in though i'm suggesting to john john don't make a baby well he he has no worries because he has that chin patch that's a good point there is uh, maybe that's maybe that's why ross is having him keep it birth control it is full birth control full birth control yeah yeah you can have all the millions of dollars that you have. Does not matter because uh, nope. you got that chin hair. You got that thing. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it is really uncomfortable to look at. So gross. Yeah, I look away. I usually shield the bottom of the screen with my hand. Yeah. while I'm looking at it, just because I want to like him. No, of course he's a likable guy. Yeah, best good. surfer in the world. Well, good news is you can't see it from the beach. Yeah, I don't know. I think at this point it's so ugly that you might be able to high def cameras. Yeah, you might be able to. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's a perplexing one. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh, closing segment for the show. I have one. I have one quick thing. Yeah, please. Uh, to bring up that okay. So I just read this morning. Put it on Beach Grit this morning. Um, Pharrell Williams, the singer, songwriter, uh, producer, is uh, doing a wave pool theoretically or a whole complex in Virginia Beach that's around. Uh, yeah, whatever. Like it's going to be around the wave pool and the wave pool technology there choosing is wave garden technology, which made me wonder Kelly's is so much clearly better than wave garden technology. Uh, and I put this on beach this morning, but I'm really curious. Um, might wave garden win at the end because it's like VHS and Kelly's is beta. Like beta was better than VHS. Remember in the format wars, totally. uh, and beta lost because, you know, for, I think a bunch of weird, weird reasons, but it made me wonder, wow, 
is wave garden going to be this kind of crappy mush burger at the end going to be the wave pool technology that survives and if that's true uh yeah what is what does surfing look like right I did read that article. Are, are wave burgers. Wave garden is so <laughs> clearly burgery. It's like it's not. It's like night and day between wave garden and I yeah. know they have the cove coming and everything, but I haven't seen that yet. But they, it's just night and day between what Kelly's pool does and what that does. Is it just that more people can ride a wave garden wave? Yes, it is. Okay. So I, while I uh, like your beta versus VHS analogy, and I coincidentally used that analogy arguing with somebody at dinner a couple of nights ago, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Tesla and like what. But um, I think there's room for both. So I think that Wave Garden, uh, Wave Garden is to the inertia what Kelly's Wave Pool is to Beach Grid. Okay, I like that. That's what I think. It okay, is. so it's, so I think the masses the masses will ride the Wave Garden and it'll go into. But okay, how much how much of these things? The problem is though with this, uh, and the problem for this and for Beach Grid. Uh, is that there's only like how much are these things to develop? They're millions of dollars, right? For sure, tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. So who's going to pour tens of millions of dollars into developing something for a super small core? Right, that's the problem. Yeah, well, that's the example of Kelly's wave pool. Precisely. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is yeah. that when developers are going to choose, they're going to say, okay, this is Wave Garden. It's a shitty wave, but you know you can get you can pack 20 people in there and charge hundred bucks and everybody's happy. Right. Yeah. Here's Kelly's. You can have four people in there uh, and they have to be pretty good. Yeah. Then which developer is going to say, Oh yeah, let's go the one where we can make way less money, but just cause it's better. I mean, you don't make way less money. You just charge way more, charge more. So okay. maybe, maybe a better analogy is the way that Kelly's wave pool is um, surfers journal. You got to pay 20 bucks for it, but, and it only comes out every so often, but it's a quality but it's it's a really nice publication. I, I wonder if Kelly's pool, if Kelly will do, if those guys will do like a Wave Garden E version, or if that totally destroys the the value of Kelly's pool. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. I think this is kind of tangential, but another model that somebody I discussed with somebody is what if it's just a country club model? Yeah. What if they're just like, hey, you give us two hundred thousand bucks a year and you belong. And then come. Yeah. And then when you come, you still pay a hundred bucks an hour. Yeah. And we charge you for the drinks and the food sure. also. Sure. But it's a country club model. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that would be interesting. Obviously that a lot of people would be upset about that. Well, I mean, you you know, Kelly, um, Signed a deal Palm in Beach. Florida and sure. Palm Beach. They're going to be building a pool. But it's, I mean, it's interesting. That's where Dirk Ziff lives too, right? And so, how much of this is like, okay, so Kelly's pools are only going to go in places that either the owner of the WSL live, or you know, I mean, I'll be curious. I'll be very interested to see the first Kelly Wave pool that gets uh, sold or whatever, whatever they do um, to somewhere that's not connected in any way to the WSL. Right. So if totally the person, the group development group who chooses to utilize a Kelly wave pool system, as opposed to the wave garden system will be a real interesting thing to, to, and we don't know at. what the business model is for the wave pool in Palm beach. It might be the country club model. It might be just selling hours sure. to random people. And that's the thing I guess is, but there is a business model for the wave garden. There's a functioning yeah. money-making one yeah. in Wales. I'm assuming the one in Austin is doing fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's an actual model to follow there. Yeah. And you're, you're right though. The Palm beach location is interesting because if they had built it in Cocoa beach, yep. That would have made sure Kelly's hometown. It would have made a lot of sense, and yep. it'd be like, oh, and it's like the median income in Cocoa Beach 
isn't enough for anybody to be able to support, you know, a country club model there. But Palm Beach, on for the sure. other hand, it very much could be the country club model. One hundred. Well, which I'll be real curious. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this yeah. plays out as it goes. Yeah, if the next one is then built in like Silicon Valley, sure, and precisely, the next yeah. one's New York City. Exactly. If Kelly Pools only go where yeah. huge dollar is, and the Wave Garden goes to the to the people. Yeah, Austin, yeah. Texas. <laughs> uh, all right. Closing segment for the show, Barrel or Nah. Yes. I need you to weigh in on four topics. Okay, I'm ready. Waxing a brand new surfboard. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a real pain in the butt. Totally. It is such a no barrel. So nah. Could somebody make something that would make it easier? Like... I've thought about just hiring somebody to wax, like a little roadie that travels with me to wax and wax my boards and then scrape the wax off. Do you, do you like, uh, you know, after you go through the total hassle of waxing it for the first time, do you like the way it feels? Yes. You like it better than a board that's been, you know, not a crusty board, but a board that's been served and I like fresh wax. You like fresh, do you, how often do you freshly wax? I wax my board every single time I surf, but I don't, it's not like I scrape it. it. How often do you strip it and wax it? (sighs) I get new boards more frequently than I strip old ones Mm. is what ends up happening. Nice. Um, But I would say I'll strip it, let's say every 15 sessions to 20 sessions. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. It's such a pain. Just the, the, the chatter you get, like when and you're like that vibrates your arm. Uh, I hate every part. It's funny. My arm is exhausted. I used to, as a kid, when I got a board, because you know, you wax it once and that's, you wax it once fresh and that's it. Yeah. I I mean, as a kid, I had one board every three years and I was lucky. Um, and so then I would like really, you know, I would enjoy it. Now it's like, oh man, I got to wax this stupid thing. Well, it's funny because you get a brand new board. You're so excited yeah. and you would think you'd be excited to waxing's part of the process. No, it's the least fun part yeah. of the process. Yeah. It's, it's completely tedious. I'll t- to be honest with you, to be real frank here yeah. in this room, please. Do I it. have, I have not surfed brand new boards that I've really been wanting to surf because I knew I was going to have to wax it. And so no I way. went, yeah. So I just left it on the rack for, you know, way longer like i didn't like i was frothing to ride it but the fact that okay it's pumping now i'm gonna i'm just gonna go surfing i don't have time i don't have time to wax this that's the thing you have to plan an extra 20 minutes i'll usually i'll usually what i do maybe this is what you should do too okay i'll wax it at night um when i have like i won't wax it before surfing i'll think okay i got 20 minutes now i just got this new board i'm probably gonna want to surf tomorrow uh i'm just gonna wax my board i've done it i've done it in front of the tv yeah exactly yeah totally do you do you base coat Yes, I do. I've got a whole freaking routine mapped okay. out. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm the worst. Would you just scrub it on? I, whatever, whatever I have too. Like, so I'll wax with warm water in the middle of winter. I'll wax with cold water in the middle of summer. Like, it's just I'm the worst with wax. So whatever happens to be, I never buy wax, uh, or you know, not like I should. Um, yeah, I never buy it. So it's just what wax do you use? Uh, sticky bumps. Me too. Yeah. yeah, and some there's always sticky bumps around. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from because I don't it buy it. It just regenerates, actually. Yeah. In the back of your car, if you leave it there? It must. It That's repopulates. Must. Oh, but so my, my wife is a big fresh wax every time. I mean, it's got to be like thick wax, so she's always furious at me. Because if there's no wax, I'll still go surf yeah. and just slip a lot and not care. Do you ever use the Foo? No, I used it once. I hated it. Too sticky? Way too sticky. Yeah. It was like all over. I used it in war in a warm water scenario, yeah. and I was surfing wetsuitless and, you know, just 
nude top and just like having that in my chest hair hurt so bad. I was like, this is not worth, this is not worth ever again using this. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, I use sticky bumps. I, my technique, my wax technique is rail to rail. Yeah. I do like a full lap rail to rail, then a full lap nose to tail. Oh wow. And then a full lap circles. Okay. And then you tr- and so then you get little beads. See, I just do one real weak circle, just like yeah. I just go big and, that, and then to small. That big um, circumference circle that yeah. you're doing with your hand right now that listeners can't see won't get the fine beads. No, of course not. Tight, small, concentric circles get you little, little fine beads. Man, it almost makes a man want to get full deck traction. <laughs> I would never, I mean, unless I was able to do full air rotations. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, all right. Barrel or not, number two, neck tattoos. Oh, so barrel. Really? I think the neck tattoo is the greatest, yeah. I bring it up not only because you have neck tattoos, but Gabriel Medina, I saw a neck tattoo. His, I think, was in the back of his yeah, neck. Yeah, he had a weird back one. And I think it might even be his name. I don't like the, if it's his name, that's a real bummer. And the, the back of the neck one, if that's his only neck tattoo, is also a bummer because the Triple X, uh, Vin oh, Diesel, remember? Yeah, yeah. So you really look like Triple X, Vin Diesel, if you do that. You have to be real careful about the back. I think the side, you go side neck first, and then you go back if you is want. Is the neck, the back of the neck tattoo to a man, the tramp stamp I to a so. woman? I feel so. It might be. Yeah. And so Gabe Medina has a tramp stamp. Gabe Medina. You know, that, who, you it, know who does have a tramp stamp? Is uh, oh, Who's the Brazilian skateboarder who does vert? Uh, Bob Bernquist? Bob Bernquist has a full-on legitimate tramp stamp. Like a tribal type yeah, design, all no right way. on his lower back, and that's all he has. As, as far as a joke, I, uh, yeah, it's not. It's serious, dead serious, a dead serious tramp stamp. Wow, yep, wow, it's incredible. All right, so game uh, neck tattoos in general, barrel, back of the neck, nah, yeah, okay, yeah, got it. Filing that one away. Um, punching your board, barrel or not? Nah? Uh, I understand frustration, and I understand frust- frustration in inanimate objects. Like I get so mad at drawers that don't open properly or whatever um so this one's tough though because you look like a real goober when you do it you better be ripping so if you're but when Kolohe and Kolohe when Kolohe and Dino does it 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 looks nah so I'm gonna say nah I'm gonna say there's never a good time describe to me or fill me in on a good board punch there isn't one is there, there's, did no, I would say not. Did no, yeah, I'm saying not too, but did no pro ever make it look good? Did no pro walk up and give us like a good, like punch his nose off his board or something? You always look like a fool. You look foolish. My favorite was Jordy's swing and a miss. Yeah. That was so good. That was what well, we should, how hard would it be to make a compilation of board punches? It'd be tough. Yeah. One of our like loyal listeners could do it. who has some video editing skills yeah. should do that for us. Because it'd be real fun to have a whole compendium of the the greatest board punches in surf history. I'll tell you what. Let's make a deal with that listener. If that listener does it, will you post it on Reports from Hell and tag them in it? Oh, 100%. There you go. You get a yeah. free tag. How many people? You got like 60,000 followers? 80. 80,000 followers. So uh, whoever wants to benefit from Chaz's, you know. Yeah. Definitely. And I'll put it on popularity. Too. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, somebody sent that one to me as a barrel or not a listener because I think Felipe punched his board after yeah. his heat. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's barrel in a heat, but nah. I can't imagine it ever being cool no. outside of a heat. But even it's, in a heat, I don't think it's acceptable. No, it's it's not across the board, I think. And if you're gonna if you're gonna be frustrated and lash out at something, 
like, I mean, I guess your board is the only thing there, but it's, it'd be just as like hit the water or whatever, right? I mean, hitting your board, it's not, wouldn't be satisfying to hit the water, but you just look like you look foolish when you hit your board. It's also, it feels like such a grotesque waste of like, you have this free surf, you get free surfboards. We pay a super high dig, 600, 700 bucks for a brand new shortboard. The rest of the world does to support you who gets them for free. And now you're just wasting okay, it. Would, what if his board really did perform badly? Say he's uh, blaming his board. Uh, yeah, I mean, what if he like it just he just had a bad one, right? Everybody, I've had a bad board before, like that just didn't quite. I mean, I'm sure it was me, but in any case, what if instead of punching, he went up, a surfer went up to the shore and just broke their board to, to pieces, like a musician breaking his guitar, just like shattered it, like bam, 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 stomp on it, break it in half, break it in, break the halves in half, like really break it into little pieces. I spend a lot of time. Like if it's a trestles throwing cobblestones on it, it's going to be super fun to watch. Yeah. However, my problem with that is there's going to be 15 little local kids watching it going, I would kill to have that surfboard right now. That's true. I don't care if it is a dog of a board. I'm just going straight on the whitewash because I'm a kid and I'm just learning how to surf and I would love that board. And you just demolished it. That's but, my problem. But then, okay, what if he, what if the said surfer demolished his board and then went up to his quiver, took all of his boards and gave them to the to the children? Back in the good column. Okay. I accept that surfer and I will <laughs> pat him on the back. <laughs> um, all right. So final question, barrel or not. Rubbing sand in your wax to increase the traction. Um, I do that all the time. Again, not because I think it's cool or barrel. I just do it because I don't have enough wax on my board. I, I don't like the way it feels. It feels gritty. Uh, like, I, and I'm. I don't know that it even does increase the traction. It just feels like it's something I can do instead of waxing. <laughs> do you, what do you think? About so it's barrel. It? it is barrel for me because I just do it all the time. It's, it's super barrel for me. You do you use it to actually increase traction every single time. Yeah, every single time without even thinking about it. And you're right. Like I don't actually know if it does. Yeah. I think it does. Actually, do you do you do it even when you're surfing topless? When you're surfing a naked top? Yes, I yes. do. When I'm and I don't like that because yeah. it, it feels like sandpapery. Sure. Yeah, but I do it so. Specifically, I get into like shin deep water yep. or so, and grab a handful. Get w- get the board wet, you know, so there's a little lubrication on it. Then get a handful of that muddy type whack yep. or uh, sand, and just a couple of laps <laughs> along the deck, and it just puts a fine layer in it. Doesn't embed it super deep, just a fine layer. Okay, that's all you need. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I like it. There you go. Lots of board waxing uh, information yeah. for listeners in today's show. It's fantastic. They're appreciative. They could put that on their hypto crypto. And, and sticky bumps, feel free to send a box my way. Yeah. All right, Chaz, where can people get a hold of you? Uh, beachgrit.com, reports from hell on Instagram. Cool. And just yeah, feel free to email chaz at beachgrit.com. There you go. And then uh, this episode will obviously be on Beachgrit with a comment section, so everybody chime in. Give us your feedback on whether or not you wax your board with sand. And uh, whether or not you pee in your wetsuit and all the other topics we've discussed in previous episodes. Give me, give me the over under for when Stab will finally fall to the to the mighty the mighty hand of Beach Creek. You know, I really I said shot across the bow's been fired, but that shot was fired a long time ago. <laughs> These are now like actual like we're going side by side and cannons are firing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's a better analogy. Right? That's good. All right, and then um, obviously surfsplendorpodcast.com will have all the images, videos, everything that we discussed in this show, and uh, at surfsplendor on Instagram where I try to poke the bear and get the conversations going there too. 
Uh, this is David for Chaz. Until next week, get barrel. Get barrel.